0: flag is out on the most important stop of the day. This is the money stop as we return presented by kicking the tires and some new partners joining the fold as well. He's Cole Cusimano. I'm Stephen Cusimano and there is just Cole. There's so much exciting stuff happening uh, in the sport, but especially right here on these airwaves of the money stop. A a lot of fun things to, to gloss over here as we splash and go and get right into it. And first of all, I want to mention the fact that we had, uh, we technically skipped last week as far as a, a traditional episode, but we had sort of a public service announcement episode, just going over a few things that are going to be changing on here going forward, all changing for the better, uh, some stuff visually, some stuff audibly. So um, if you missed our quote-unquote off-week episode during the All-Star Race weekend, uh, that is available everywhere where podcasts are found on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere in between. Um. But Cole, there's even with that. That was a week ago. There's been even more exciting news that's come about in in the time since then. So, um, I'll share my news. I, I you know, I've mentioned this before that I, I work for the Somerset Patriots. I work for the New York Yankees AA affiliate. I'm the play by play broadcaster here and the manager of broadcasting and media relations. And, uh, that's something we talked about back when we had, uh, episode one of this podcast this season. But, uh, part of I guess. One of my responsibilities here, it's not necessarily something I have to do, but something I like to do is play a role in bringing some cool theme nights to the ballpark. And part of um, the the NASCAR fan in me wanted to to bring NASCAR night to the ballpark. And so um, we play, by the way, in Bridgewater Township, New Jersey, Central Jersey in Somerset County, where the Yankees double A affiliate. Anyway, um, using some close friends of mine and just reaching out to a few contacts that I know um, with drivers that I know are close to to our community in Somerset and in Central Jersey, was able to get a couple of Xfinity Series drivers, Sage Karam and Joe Graff Jr., to come out to the ballpark on June 21st, which is a Wednesday. We're going to have racing night at the ballpark, and there's going to be a lot of fun stuff. They're going to join me on air for a couple of innings. Uh, They're going to be on the concourse taking pictures with fans and signing autographs, so uh that was really cool for me to see two worlds collide and just raise awareness for NASCAR in an area of the country where I, I think it's maybe an underrated area for grassroots racing, but it's certainly one where it could use some attention and growth. And I'm really excited to to bring NASCAR into the world of baseball and just kind of marry the two together and, and be a part of something that that hasn't been done here before. And I'm so excited that, that to have uh, Sage Karam and Joe Graff Jr. out and That's the exciting news on my end, Cole, but there's a lot of exciting news on the money stop end as well.
1: Yeah, and first, let me just say, I'm very excited for that event as well. I'll be attending and interviewing both Sage Karam and Joe Grav Jr. And as a little bonus, we have a player on your team who I will not mention just yet who has racing ties. And I'm really excited to tell their story and their family's story because those are the ones I live to tell. The ones where... You really get the whole family lineage, and it's stuff that people can relate to and, you know, sympathize with. So I cannot wait to get out to Somerset here in the next uh, month, actually. It's almost a month exactly. So uh, I can't wait to get there. I think it's going to be a great night. It'll bring awareness to the sport. And not for nothing, living in Jersey for almost a year, I did see quite a few NASCAR fans on the road, which did surprise me. Some Kislowski fans, Blaney fans, Chase Elliott fans. So there is a presence there in Jersey. Obviously, Martin Truex Jr. grew up. About two hours away from Somerville, you got Sage Caramount in Pennsylvania about an hour away, and Joe Graff Jr. is even closer, so I think it's going to be a successful night. I'm going to try and work in some kicking the Tires promotions and some other things here and there with people in the industry, so hopefully I can help you guys out there, and I think it'll be a great night. But yeah, as far as the money stops concerned, I had my meeting yesterday with Jerry Jordan, Seth Egger, Justin Schuler, and the great people at Sharplink Gaming, who are a betting company associated with BetMGM, and we now have a partnership with them through Kickin' the Tires, so from here on out, you will hear odds presented by... Bet MGM in association with SharpLink Gaming. So we want to thank them so much for coming aboard, and uh, I cannot wait to get this partnership underway. I think it's going to be a very successful one. And uh, as you've, if if you've been tuned in this entire season, you know that we've been winning you a lot of money, and uh, we can't wait to keep doing that for you with our, our new partnership.
0: That is really exciting stuff. So welcome aboard, SharpLink Gaming and Bet MGM. And again, yeah, like we we talked about it during our our bonus episode last week. The numbers don't lie. It's been a really successful couple of years for us, and in, uh, you know, predicting what what's going to happen in all of these races. And, you know, there's certainly there's off weeks, but I think that those are are few and far in between. And it's been a really successful 2023 season for us thus far, too. And you can say the same for a guy such as Kyle Larson, Cole. Real quick, let's just brief on this all-star race at North Wilkesboro Speedway. I think we're both in agreement that it was such a cool atmosphere to see uh, the racing there and just kind of the atmosphere that was built uh, just Having racing back there in such a traditional area for the first time in in over 25 years, it felt really cool to see. And and really, the the main takeaway competition-wise, Cole, was just like, this was another one of those weekends where every once in a while, Kyle Larson just has to come out kick everybody's ass, and show him that he's a, a future Hall of Famer and one of the best drivers in NASCAR history. And this, it just
1: happens once every so often, and this was one of those weeks. It's funny, I was saying it to my friend, and then Kyle Larson said at post-race, it was a good old-fashioned ass-whooping, plain and simple. Yep. And had this race gone green, we didn't have the competition caution halfway, he would have left the entire field. Like, it's, it's not even up for debate. And these races, in my opinion, are really fun to watch because you don't see them very much anymore. Like, we he had those races back in... When we started watching where Jimmy Johnson would dominate or Kyle Busch would dominate. But now they're very far and few in between. I appreciate it. I think the real true motorsports fans appreciate it. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head. The atmosphere looked absolutely off the charts. I think there was a new buzz or I guess I think there was a, a, a rekindled buzz with this event that we hadn't seen in the last decade plus. And I think the reception was very well. What they did to restore that place was nothing short of surreal. I wish I could have seen it in person. And I think the reception has been so well from people within the industry that I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another race here, whether it be a points race or an exhibition event. And I would welcome it. I think a lot of fans would welcome it. I know the the racing wasn't what certain fans want to see. But I, again, I think if you're a true NASCAR fan, someone who appreciates the sport for what it is and what it was, this was... A classic North Wilkesboro race, um, and I, I would love to see it happen again. And and on another note, and kind of segueing into our nickel or dime segment for our favorite race, speaking of the year, the Coke 600, I loved seeing Michael McDowell, first of all, scrap with Ty Gibbs on track. Uh, but second of all, ride that throwback pain scheme, and I really wish that they ran throwback weekend at North Wilkesboro because it's a throwback weekend for a throwback track i'd love to see it happen next year but on that note again i think it's a perfect segue into our nickel or dime segment for the coke 600 our favorite weekend and looking at our graphic that i've composed my head's just spinning because there's so many great paint schemes and i gotta say unequivocally my favorite weekend of the year for racing for paint schemes i just love so much how the teams and sponsors play into the tradition of honoring those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country. And I got to say, the teams and sponsors went above and beyond this year. Making this graphic, I had a hard time fitting them all on here. I think there was like maybe 10 cars in the field not using patriotic paint schemes or different paint schemes from what they used throughout the season with their primaries. So hats off to everybody in, in the industry, all the sponsors. These cards pretty much all look phenomenal. There's very far and few in between nickels, but... I'm going to start off because I know you have something to say (laughs) about one of these paint schemes specifically. My first dime is going to go out to the number 24, William Byron. It's actually a different paint scheme than what we've seen in the last couple years, and it's freaking awesome. I love it. So the base, I guess I'll start with the color wave. The color wave is obviously red, white, and blue, but it's navy blue. The white's more of like a very, very light grayish silver, and then there's the, the dark red, obviously. But you have the classic... Chrome red 24 outlined in the uh, the white stroke, but the base of the car is navy blue, and there is a arcing line that goes from the bottom of the front wheel through the 24, and it, it levels out to a straight line right behind the four of the 24 with a perfectly placed, perfectly sized fonted Liberty University logo in, in that silverish gray line arc. This car has really great depth because in between the navy blue base, there's a blue digital camo that looks incredible. And also, uh, right above the exhaust, there's a, a red line with four stars. This car just looks incredible to the eye. Um, one of my favorite patriotic paint schemes I think I've probably seen in the last 10 years. Definitely on par with the scheme he's been using the last couple of years so that'll be my first dime. And my second dime, it's really hard to choose because you'll see the graphic. There's tons of great paint schemes. There's paint schemes that we're seeing brought back, um, like Kyle Larson's, Eric Amarola's, and um, there's also paint schemes like Denny Hamlin's Sportslips car or Ryan Priest's Haas Tuling's car, where it's just a reimagining of their primary paint scheme or that paint scheme for that sponsor with an American twist. And I'm gonna go with the number 41 Ryan Priest. I like this car a lot. Speaking on the depth like I did with um the twenty-four car, it's the same design as the regular Haas tooling car that he uses, but it's red, white, and blue. So there's like a a small line below the 41 that arcs up and levels out, kind of like the uh the silver lining on the 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 William Byron paint scheme. But this is a blue color, there's a white stroke that uh, outlines that arc and the lining, and that kind of blocks off the associate sponsors, and the base of the car is like a wavy, um, red and white striped American flag look, and then there's a very small uh, blue part right where it's the top of the 41, and it goes to right before the seat post, it's a, a blue base with stars, It just looks incredible. I I love this paint scheme a lot. And there's also a a drop shadow behind the 41, which is white with a red outline, and then a a smaller blue outline beyond that. Uh, A drop shadow that makes it look, again, like it has a really good depth. Those are my two dimes. And for my one nickel this week, it pains me to say this, and I think it's the first time we're using this organization as a nickel um, since Kieslowski took over as a co-owner. But this one pains me because... Like you mentioned with, um, the Jimmy Johnson paint schemes. Now you associate that with summertime and you always look forward to seeing those paint schemes on track for the Coke 600 and the patriotic races. I felt the same way with the Brad Kozlowski paint schemes. I think he plays into the tradition very well with his American flag celebration and just, you know, his overall appreciation for <laughs> being over here in the good old US of A, but I do not like this paint scheme at all. I think what shies me away the most is the, uh, the gold is number six. I don't think it goes well with the weekend. I like to see my red, white, and blues specifically. And this car is just not doing enough at all. It looks very sloppy. Similarly to Ryan Priest's car, where the base is a uh, red and white wavy flag design, it's that, but at a magnified scale. And it looks more like red ribbons going in weird directions across the car. The only blue on the car is those RFK pillars with some weirdly shaped, acute-looking stars in the middle of those. There's weird, those weird-shaped stars kind of where the, um, actually, kind of the same thing with the Ryan Priest's car. There's like a, a very, very dark navy blue base at the top with those stars, and it just doesn't look very good at all, in my opinion. But that'd be my one nickel for the week. Overall, incredible weekend for paint schemes. I know you have strong opinions on one car in the field, Steven. So take it away.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, we've talked about it before, like, I feel like months before this week even started, Cole, about how this is the best week of the year for paint schemes. I mean, anytime you get a red, white, and blue theme and the camouflage theme on most of the cars, like you mentioned before, maybe all but seven or eight of them, it's going to result in some really pretty cars, and that's exactly what we have today. And and I'm a huge fan of the Hendrick Motorsports paint schemes. Um, You mentioned the five of Kyle Larson's great, but I, I specifically love the nine that Chase Elliott is rocking this week with the blue front, the white back separated separated by kind of a red outline star in uh, the the blue and white scale Napa Auto parts on the back. That, that's just a really sharp-looking car with the white number. And then the 48, the Ally paint scheme, it's always, I mentioned it before, uh, when we were talking about Noah Gregson throwing it back to Jimmy Johnson's 2014 Coke 600 paint scheme, uh, how the 48 just, it's, it's kind of synonymous with great patriotic paint schemes at this time of year and I love the red white and blue kind of the red fading down to blue um, from top to bottom the stars from the bottom and, and the stripes go up to the top and the top of the car is white that's a really sharp looking car and the Ally logo placement to the right of the 48 looks really good but as you mentioned Cole there's one car that sticks out above all the rest and that is the Jimmy Johnson paint scheme the 84 Club Wyndham car that has really its own distinct shade of blue I mean you look at this entire graphic of paint schemes and there's a lot of, you know, traditional royal blue or kind of navy blue. This one has a, just a summer feel to it. It's got like kind of a star textured background with the red kind of lines coming out from the bottom of the car and 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 quite frankly, it, it feels like summer now. Now that I see this paint scheme, the '84 on track, it's gonna feel like summer watching Jimmy uh, race in the Coke 600. And I'm so excited for this race overall because it's it's one of the most exciting ones of the year in my opinion. But watching all these cars on track adds to the excitement. And I just can't wait to see that 84 car on track with the other Hendrick Chevys too, and and some of these other cars. Like I got to give a couple of honorable mentions too to, to some of the camouflaged ones, such as the 12 body armor car of Ryan Blaney that has kind of a watermelon scheme of, uh, it's a it's a different take on the the green camouflage because it's kind of a green neon watermelon themed uh, shade to it, and then it has a big watermelon pink shaped line that's running across the side of the car with a body armor bottle. And then you've got the 17 car of uh, speaking on a good one for rfk that's just a traditional camouflage look uh, on the car with with some chrome numbers it's just a really great week for paint schemes and a- as you mentioned from the top call i'm kind of just overwhelmed by looking at all of them but those were the five that that immediately caught my eye in addition to the ones you mentioned because i, I love the 41 um you know i could sit here all day and, and talk about these paint schemes but that 84 is front and center for me that jimmy johnson will be driving this week but there's just so many good ones to choose from
1: yeah that is a vintage jimmy johnson coke 600 patriotic paint scheme i cannot wait to see it on track and i think you hit the nail on the head with the the blue base it just looks incredible with that that star, star texture there's like almost like a diamond texture to it too in a way it's just like layered it looks really really nice and i also think it's an underrated aspect kind of Also like nitpicking here, but like the top half the car is uh, a a black, black base and it just looks really nice with the blue on the bottom and uh, very cohesive, very, it gives it like a more of a simple look, I guess. um, And it just looks incredible. So hats off again to all the sponsors and all the teams for doing a great job with their patriotic paint schemes as they always do for this weekend. And I cannot wait to get things uh, rolling this Sunday for 400 laps and 600 miles in Charlotte Motor Speedway. Very exciting times. That That's our nickel or dime segment where we give
0: fives and tens to, to most of the paint schemes we see on the track. And if you want to see the paint schemes that we just tried to describe, they're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook uh, at the underscore money stop. Uh, and I definitely recommend pulling up that graphic, I, I would say before you, you heard us talk about them. But hopefully you're looking at it by now and you can see uh, and let us know which ones you think are the best because it's it's a difficult week to choose. And uh, you know, I picked five off the top of my head and, and obviously the 84 is, is number one in my book, but it, it let us know what you think. What, what's your favorite patriotic paint scheme this week for the Coke 600, which is going to be again this upcoming Sunday, Cole. It's a Memorial Day weekend tradition tradition unlike any other. And uh, we're going to see the starting lineup for it on Saturday, 7.50 Eastern time, which is around the time this race is going to be run or at least decided on Sunday. So, Cole, as we take it to the bank here are our odds per bet MGM pre qualifying, and a heavy, heavy favorite to win the longest race of the year is Kyle Larson. It's hard not to look at him as a favorite after the the what the performance that he just put on at North Wilkesboro. But Kyle Larson is plus four hundred to win this race, and then it's a pretty steep drop off after that before uh, the next four drivers: William Byron, plus seven hundred; Denny Hamlin, last year's race winner, plus seven fifty; Martin Truex Jr., plus nine hundred. Co-favorites for fourth best odds with Chase Elliott, who's also plus 900. So as we take it to the bank call, it's a lot of the same suspects as we're, we're used to seeing um at this phase of the favorites. But I, I think it, it definitely is a conversation that has
1: to start with the Hendrick cars, and it has to start with Kyle Larson. There's no question about it. When Kyle Larson's competing at the level he's competing at right now, there is nobody better in the world of motorsports than him. And that's just a, a plain and simple fact. We saw the performance he put put down at North Wilkesboro, but beyond that, I think we're officially entering the summer of Kyle Larson. Um, in the, the last—in an eight-day span, Kyle Larson won the Xfinity Series race at Darlington. He won his High Limit Racing Series race at Wayne County Speedway. He won the Truck Series race at North Wilkesboro, and he won the All-Star race. I am getting an incredibly distinct deja vu feeling— that I got back in 2021, where it just seems like Kyle Larson's gonna win every single race he's entered into, and if not, be a contender in every single one of those races. And let's be realistic; he has been the entire season. He's had a lot of <laughs> unlucky breaks, but I think that's all about to level out here in Charlotte. And in this race last year, he was in position to win the closing laps, and what do you know? Ross Chastain kind of uh, collided with him and caused him to finish, I believe, was ninth, but. This year, he's finished runner-up in both mile-and-a-half races with nearly 150 combined laps led in both races, but those stats mean nothing to me. When Kyle Larson, again, he's competing at the level he's competing at, there's no one better, and I'm going into this weekend, like, expecting Kyle Larson to win. I, I, I We put three other drivers on the favorites category for this episode, but honestly, I'm not paying any mind to them. I truly believe that it, that Kyle Larson going to win this race. If he doesn't, something crazy is going to happen. But it just feels like the summer of Kyle Larson. It feels like 2021 all over again. And I, I mean, I'm not even listening to the other three drivers. I, I think plus 400, even still as the favorite, is, is great odds. I'm putting money on that immediately. Placing money on the top three bet for plus 125. I am just extremely high on Kyle Larson this week. And I think you're going to see that trend following through the, these summer months. And um, that's all I got, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I mean, when Kyle Larson is locked in, it's
0: it's a phenomenon unlike anything else that we've seen. I mean, when when he's locked in, he's going to lead, you know, almost every lap, and he's going to win. And I think we're starting to see that that kind of peak into form. And this guy in his prime is a force to be reckoned with. And I I couldn't agree with you more. There's not a not much left to say on that part. But to try and make sense of some other drivers, because like you said, there is always the event that, you know, something does go awry. It's a 600-mile race. It's a marathon for a reason, and it doesn't always wind up being the driver that that has the best car or is in the best zone that wins. And so you have to think of some other names, and I'm thinking of the other Hendrick Chevy driver that's valued at the second-highest odds, and that's William Byron, because this is a track that's always been kind to him. It's his home track in Charlotte. He finished fourth in the Coke 600 uh, as his best start there previously, and he's led laps in four out of six cup starts at Charlotte. He's got a win and a third big place finish at both of the mile-and-a-half tracks this year with 186 combined laps led. So if you're looking for somebody that is going to have speed at mile-and-a-half tracks anywhere we go this year and a guy that's proven that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with at these intermediate tracks, look no further than William Byron based on the body of work that we've seen this year. He's plus seven hundred for the win. He's ten thousand five hundred in uh, DraftKings daily fantasy odds. And so uh, for William Byron, I, I think this is a race that, when we think of it, it's usually a veteran that wins. It's usually a guy that's a former champion or, or something, or you know something close to that. Somebody that's a veteran of the sport. And I think this can b- kind of be, serve as a coming out party for William Byron. If he's able to win this race, you know he's already introduced himself as one of the favorites to win the championship in two thousand twenty three. And this would make a really big statement to win one of the crown jewels of NASCAR on this kind of stage, Memorial Day weekend at his home track. I think William Byron wants to make a statement this week. And I think that there's, based on the body of work we've seen this year, there's no driver better poised to do it, maybe other than Kyle Larson, than William Byron. And so I I like his odds a lot as maybe more of a value than, than Kyle Larson. But... Um, that's the Hendrick Chevy stable, Cole, but there's a couple of Joe Gibbs Toyotas that were fighting for the win last year, and and there's no reason why they couldn't be doing the same this year as favorites to win.
1: Yeah, so in my opinion, if it's not going to be a Hendrick Chevy, it's going to be a Joe Gibbs racing Toyota, and we got to start with Denny Hamlin, obviously, last year's winner in this race, but he also has the best average finish among active drivers with 20-plus starts, 31 to be exact, at 119 only about 400 laps led, though, in those 31 starts, so you're not going to get a whole lot of laps led in that regard if you're considering Denny Hamlin for DFS, and uh, keep in mind, he won the last mile and a half race we were at at Cantus Speedway. He also has a finish of 7th or better in his last three Coke 600s. Uh, I do like Denny Hamlin this week. I think he's always going to be a threat for the win in this Coke 600. He's just, it's one of those races where he always rises to the occasion, he uh, he's always on his game. You don't. I think we're seeing him round into form now. The pit road penalties are definitely going down. I think he's running up front on a more regular basis. And I would definitely consider Denny Hamlin in that favorites tier. But again, um, you know where my head's at. I like Kyle Larson a lot this weekend. If not Kyle Larson, I do like William Byron. But I I do think that if it's not going to be HMS, it'll be JGR.
0: I agree with you there. And I'm going to go with another JGR driver and one that... We talked about going into the all-star break as a guy that's peaking at the right time. We talked about him at uh, before Darlington, and that's Martin Truex Jr. He's got three wins at Charlotte, too. No better finish than 12th his last two starts there, though, but he's led nearly 1,100 laps at, at Charlotte and valued at plus 900 and 9,900 in Daily Fantasy Truex is as good of a, a value as you're going to find in the favorites category, and so uh, really excited to see what, what he can bring to the table, and, and that rounds out our favorites. So I, I really think that it would be a shock to me if one of those four drivers doesn't win the race. Um, you know, there's certainly some other guys out there, like, again, Chase Elliott is top five in odds per bet MGM. Would I be surprised to see him win? Not necessarily, but we haven't really seen the body of work yet this year. But those four drivers, Larson, Byron, Hamlin, and Truex, are, are about as sure of bets as you can get this week. But then, call kicking it over to our sleepers category, guys with a more of an outside chance to win this race, then you start to drink, it, think of some of those other drivers. And I'm going to kick off this segment by uh, mentioning Tyler Reddick because he's got some really good momentum from All-Star Race Weekend, 23-11, easily the next best team behind Kyle Larson, finishing second and third, which is where Tyler Reddick wound up. And mentioning he's been kind of hard to read this season because of how he's been really dependent on how that car unloads. And I think this is a very difficult race in particular, 600 miler, that can be difficult on you if you don't unload well. So I think that if that 45 car comes off the truck and it has good speed from day one of the weekend, I think you can expect to see it running up front and probably finishing up front on Sunday. But if it doesn't, uh, it's going to take a lot of adjustments over the course of the race. And Tyler Reddick has been inconsistent this year, but when he's been good, he's been really good. So I think he's been heating up, I think he's been getting a little bit more consistent. He's been one of the better drivers at mile-and-a-half tracks this year, and and he's led laps in both of the mile-and-a-half tracks so far this year, but also hasn't placed any lower than, than ninth in any of his three Coke 600 starts, which is not easy to do in this marathon of a race. So his lowest finish at Charlotte was 14th, and that was during the COVID race in 2020. So I think Tyler Reddick is another guy that you look at, I guess, in a similar light to Martin Truex Jr., that he's kind of peaking at the right time, He's plus 1,600 for the win and 8,800 in daily fantasy. He's definitely a good medium priced driver to keep on your radar, especially considering what you see leading into the race weekend on Saturday, where they unload and where he ends up qualifying.
1: Yeah, I like Tyler Reddick a lot this weekend. I think his odds for outright winner at plus 1,600 are great. I think the 8,800 for DFS is nearing lock territory. Just. No finish lower than ninth in the Coke 600 in three starts is really damn impressive. And even no finish lower than 14th at Charlotte's impressive as well. So I guess watch where he qualifies, but I do like Tyler Reddick a lot this weekend. And hint, hint, his top five odds at plus 200 uh, look real good as well. But one guy I have my eye on is from that same stable. You kind of alluded to it. That's going to be Bubba Wallace. He has fourth place finishes at both mile and a half tracks this season, both traditional mile and a half tracks this season, taking out Atlanta obviously. But um, he also finished runner up in the All-Star race, and I know you can't take anything performance wise from that event. It's just such a different track <laughs> overall. Um but momentum's very real. And I think Bubba's very dependent on momentum and he's riding back to back top fives with Lap Sled in the last two points races, three top fives if you include the All-Star race, which was the runner-up finish. And we've also documented his consistency, top 12s in five of his last six races. And in this time, I think we've seen borderline top 10 speed turn into clear top 10 speed. Now we're starting to see them, that team catch fire and run up front on a more consistent basis. I think Bubba's one of those guys where he's been very good in the mile and a half this year. That's made evident by the both fourth place finishes. And I think it would not be out of the question to see him have another really strong top 10 day. Um should he keep the car clean obviously. He has a best finish of 14th in the Coke 600 and his values are plus 2500 for the race winner and 8300 for DFS which is right at that recommended average salary that you begin with. So I think Bubba's a good pick for DFS. Um, when you think about the momentum and where this team is at in the last handful of races. But I do think that Tyler Reddick is uh, more of a safer pick if we're going to pick between the two drivers. I will say, though, I think Reddick's safer for a race winner pick, but Bubba Wallace would be safer and more cost efficient for DFS.
0: Yeah, I think they're both, like you mentioned, I, I like the the context you use there on Reddick saying it's a borderline lock for Daily Fantasy. And I like the idea of having one of them, if not both of them, in your lineup. I think when you look at those medium-priced drivers, uh, it, it's a couple of guys that are, are stringing together some consistent runs. And and uh, like you mentioned with, with Bubble Cole, he's just been so good at these mile-and-a-half tracks. And temperamental driver coming off a really great week at, at All-Star Race Weekend, finishing runner-up to, to Kyle Larson, who nobody could hold a candle to but Bubble Wallace. So um, it'll be exciting to watch what he can do with that momentum heading into the Coke 600 and a track that has been kind to him in the past and you know it's impossible to come here Cole and not talk about Kyle Busch as well because I mentioned before how this is a race that typically rewards the veterans of the sport those who have been around years and years and I think Kyle Larson I'm Kyle Larson for sure but Kyle Busch is is certainly at the top of that list too and I guess the only downside I'll start with this in talking about Kyle Busch is that he's in one of the the lower points of his season he's been kind of in a, a negative negative headlines for, for the last couple of weeks with pit road woes and some inconsistency a little bit of a quiet last few races and, and that's just kind of part of what comes with rooting for Kyle Busch he's going to have those really highs and he's going to have some really low lows but I think you're getting into the summer months that are traditionally very kind to, to Kyle Busch too so I think there's reason to believe he'll have something to say about the the finish of the Coke 600 so he won there in 2018 and then finished second and third there the last two years so he has had really good success at this particular 600 lap or 600 mile race and since 2018 he's got four top 5s in the last five races at Charlotte and he's led almost 1500 laps there which is the most by almost 500 1486 laps led to be exact so i think you look at a guy that knows his way around Charlotte Motor Speedway about as good as anybody at this phase of the sport here in 2023 and you look at a guy that knows the the kind of the formula to winning the 600 mile race and you know that Kyle Busch is certainly in that air. And he's shown that he can win this year. He's got this next-gen car dialed in. And I think it's a track that's that's been really good to him. He's been fast on the mile-and-a-half tracks this year as well, even though the results don't necessarily show it. But Kyle Larson is just outside the top five in odds. He's plus 1,200 for the win and 9,500 for DFS, which is a little steeper than some of those other sleepers we were just talking about. But again, Colt, when I'm looking for a race winner this week, I'm looking at, Guys who have been around and they've proven they can win the 600 before, and Kyle Busch is one of those guys, and I expect him to to finish this race up front. And, and I, again, I just I expect the eight car to be a force to be reckoned with on Sunday.
1: Yeah, perfectly said. Basically, with Kyle Busch, you you ride the highs and the lows of the season, but. No matter what, I think he always shows up for the Crown Jewel events, specifically the Coke 600. I know he only has one win here way, way back in the in the late 2000s, but I do think that he's going to be a really strong car in this race. And I also like his top five bet at plus 125, seeing as he finished second and third here in the last two races. And he has four top fives in his last five races at Charlotte. So uh, I do like Kyle Busch. Quite a bit as well. Another guy I like is another champion. And that's going to be Chase Elliott. And I've been noticing a trend lately where he'll start the race running off well outside the top 10. I'm talking like 20th place. And then he'll miraculously turn it around into a top 10 day. Five finishes inside the top 12 since returning. He hit his peak of third place at Darlington before he went to the All Star race. And he also finished fifth. In that all-star race exhibition so momentum's definitely on his side in my opinion it's been as successful a recovery period as it possibly could have been for jace elliott he wasn't going to ever come out here and win races right off the bat i think having those days where you're running well at the top 10 you're able to turn around into a top 10 quality finish that's it speaks volumes it speaks to, to who he is as a driver who that nine team is and and all that so i think this is going to be a, a great race for them and he's finally starting to get back into full form and whenever we go to Charlotte, this is a place where I always think of Chase Elliott. He's always running up front. He actually had a streak of four top fives with a win going into the Coke 600 last year before he was involved in a crash. But even still, he's lapsed in the last five races at Charlotte. And again, someone I always think of when we come here. You know he's going to be up front. This is an endurance race. And it, it I think it's going to be a, a true test to determine if Chase Elliott is able to be considered a weekly threat like his teammates William Byron and Kyle Larson. Obviously, I like Kyle Larson and William Byron a lot better for the race win, but you can never count Chase Elliott out. I think, again, it'll be a real test to see how that foot's holding up. I think it's going to be a a good top 10 day for him. His odds are plus 900 for the win, and his DFS value is at 9,700, so a little steep for DFS, in my opinion, but I think uh, Chase Elliott's a good gamble this week for race winner or for DFS.
0: Yeah, I would say for Chase, you know, my opinion is I, I just want to see him in victory lane before I really put a lot of chips into his basket. Again, I like that you're you mentioned that it's kind of becoming a trend now where he's putting together these top ten days based on you know the fact that he didn't necessarily start in the top running in the top ten at a lot of these races. But I, I just want to see some really consistent top fives, top threes, and and he needs to get a win on the board. It's go time. And like you said, Cole, this is a track that. When we go to Charlotte, I certainly think of Chase Elliott as well. We've seen him run here before, and the, uh, you use the word test. It's going to be a really good test for that team and, and see if you know that, that nine team stacks up to the five and the 24 this year because those two have been pretty much in a league of their own in terms of the other teams in the sport, especially at the mile-and-a-half tracks, uh, looking at what William Byron's done this year. I think it's going to be a good test for Chase Elliott and the nine team this week. So that's a pretty good and well-rounded out uh, sleepers category. So you've got some veterans, you've got some guys that – or a little less proven, but trending in the right direction in Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick, joining Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch. Moving over to value picks, though, Cole, these are guys that are going to be much longer odds for the win, and we don't necessarily think they're going to win, but they have good values in terms of their daily fantasy status, and I think that's a conversation that probably starts with Corey LaJoy. We Every time we've had him on our value picks section, Cole, he has made us look good, to put it that way. He's finished 20th in both mile-and-a-half tracks this season he's had improved speed all year with seven top 20s he's having a career season thus far and going based on who's behind the wheel Corey Joy to finish in the top 20 again this week just makes a lot of sense to me again it is the endurance race it's a 600 miler so it's a smaller team inspire motorsports you're, you're wondering will the equipment hold up and i think in the terms of, of fantasy and daily fantasy 5500 is what his value is going for in daily fantasy and it's not much of a risk. And again, looking at what he's done at the mile-and-a-half tracks this year, I don't think you're banking on, you know, something out of your control. Obviously, you can you can ask about the equipment, but I think that Corey Joy is going to be behind the wheel of this car, and he's going to try and, and make it a memorable race weekend, one of the most patriotic uh, race weekends of the season, and, and Corey willjoy is going to be motivated behind the wheel. And 5,500 in Daily Fantasy is just not – it's not a long shot – uh, you know, you're not risking a lot. He can be the cheapest driver in your Daily Fantasy lineup, and you can feel really good about it. So uh, for Daily Fantasy, give me Corey joy all day. He's done nothing to prove us wrong, that that he's not going to run well at mile-and-a-half tracks, and so why not load him back up into your lineup this week for the Coke 600?
1: Yeah, that team's looked really good this season, and I, I think top 20 is not out of the question. I think he's a guy that knows how to nurse the car uh, to the finish, and I, that, that's what you need for uh, an endurance race like the Coke 600. So I, I think 5500 is a great value. Um, he is someone that I would almost consider a lock as well. If you want to fit Kyle Larson, who's valued at $11,000, by the way, for DFS, uh, I would strongly recommend uh, also throwing in Corey LaJoy to give you some more money to work with for other drivers. The second cheapest driver in our value picks category is going to be Justin Haley, who was taken out with a really good car in the All-Star Open the good news is the speed was there and the race did not count for points. So I think we've seen speed there in glimpses throughout the season. He left off with his third top 10 of the year at Darlington, which, oh, by the way, was one of my gut calls for Darlington. So um, I think very similarly to Corey Joy, actually, in a sense, to where you know now he's more of a consistent top 20 car, but he's been able to challenge for top 15s and sneak top 10s at a higher rate than LaJoy. So I, I like... Justin Haley quite a bit as well. His value is only only $600 more than Cora LaJoy at $6,100. Again, I would also venture out to say he's nearing lock territory uh, if you wanted to go with Kyle Larson or William Byron, one of those higher-priced drivers. So I, I do like both Corey LaJoy and Justin Haley as great value picks this week. And, and to be honest with you, Cole, that's a pretty good stack because you think about how
0: expensive some of those favorites are. Guys like Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson... Uh, William Byron, Barton Trucks Jr. If you wanted to fit a couple of those guys in, if you wanted to stack Corey LaJoy and Justin Haley both in your lineup, you still have a lot of budget to work with. So that's in thinking of ways to construct a daily fantasy lineup this week. That's certainly one direction you could go. Um, one guy who is a value but is a little bit more you know higher priced than these guys that we're talking about is the rookie of the year front runner in Ty Gibbs and, and making some more waves, of course, with Michael McDowell this past week at the All Star race. And I think that Ty Gibbs is. He has proven that every track we go to, he's not going to race like a rookie. He is so mature and poised above his years. And I think he he recognizes, as somebody that grew up in this sport, and even at his young age, he recognizes the importance of this race weekend. And I think he wants to put the world on on, on notice once again. He's done it so many times this year when we go to these difficult tracks, the Martinsvilles and the Bristols, the Talladegas and he's just people think that he's not going to be up front and every week he proves a lot of people wrong and I think that we've come to expect Ty Gibbs is is going to run well at every track we go to especially one like Charlotte that he's comfortable at he's valued at plus 6,000 for the win which would be an extreme long shot for a rookie of his age but he's just been so impressive this year and I think at at 8,100 for Daily Fantasy A guy that's a medium-priced driver, that is a very solid value for Ty Gibbs, and it would not surprise me to see that turn into a a solid fantasy day, depending on where he starts the race. So definitely a guy that he's not in the lock territory, like Justin Haley, as you mentioned, Cole, but he's certainly on my radar this week.
1: Listen, I think that $8,100 for DFS is very reflective of what that young man's been able to do this season, and... Honestly, I would not be surprised if he did challenge for the win this weekend. We've seen guys like Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon win this race in their second season. And this kid's just off the charts incredible. And not to mention, you look at the past mile and a half races we had this season, he had a top five car in Kansas before he got cleaned out. Who knows what would have happened if if he remained in the race and all that. So I, I think Ty Gibbs is a great pick this weekend. I think he's a great pick. Every weekend, pretty much for DFS and also a a little side note. Fun fact, um, I was looking at the Xfinity odds uh, for race winner this weekend at Charlotte. Kyle Busch is also in this race. Ty Gibbs is favored over Kyle Busch. So I just found it pretty interesting in my lifetime that we see a a race where Ty Gibbs or anyone for that matter is favored over Kyle Busch in Xfinity race. So uh, just want to throw that out there. For my final driver in the diet picks category, we're going to go with one driver who already has a crown jewel win under his belt this season, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. We've documented his consistency all season. He was one of our value picks going into Darlington, and he delivered a 13th place finish once again. He is now riding a six race top 15 streak with two top 10s wedged in there. He had a rough outing in the all-star race, but he could use that as his mulligan at Charlotte. Guess what? No finish worse than 12th in his last three starts, so playing on the consistency aspect this season, but also in a a good handful of races at Charlotte, 12th place is looking like a sweet spot for Ricky Stenhouse this year. He finished 7th in the 600 last year. He has a best finish of 5th in that race back in 2019, and this is also one of his better and more consistent tracks throughout his career. He is, like we've been saying all season, a very safe and reliable DFS driver. His value for the win is plus 8000 which is not a bad thing to look at, and $7,300 for DFS, also a pretty good value. Definitely a little bit more than um, guys like LaJoy and, and Haley, but he's someone that I would definitely venture out to spend a little bit more money on as a, a safer pick for DFS, looking at that like high-end top 15 range. Yeah, it's a really good
0: value, to be honest, 7300 So that's a pretty well-rounded value picks category where you have the two guys that you could very easily stack in Corey LaJoy and Justin Haley, and then you've got the little more higher-priced ones in Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Ty Gibbs. So as that rounds out our list of 12 drivers, two from each category um, between the favorite sleepers and value picks, we're each going to pick one from, from those tiers, and I'm going to go with uh, Martin Truex Jr. out of the favorites tier. It's more of a... Gut called in anything out of those four. Again, I'm I'm really relying on the veterans to, to have a good show out this week, so I'm picking Truex from that category. I'm picking Kyle Bush from the sleepers category, and I'm going to go directly against my word
1: just to show how much confidence I have in Ty Gibbs and pick him out of the
0: value picks category.
1: Beautiful. Well, for mine, my favorite is going to be a no-brainer. It's obviously Kyle Larson. For my sleeper, I'm going to go with Bubba Wallace. I think that team's been performing at a really, really – a highly competitive rate over the last handful of races and I just don't know if I have enough confidence in Chase Elliott to say that he will for sure finish better than Bubba Wallace just given where that team's at right now and then for my value pick I'm gonna go with House I think that team's just been on a rail lately as far as finishing with quality finishes in the top 15 borderline top 10 and I think that uh this is one of those races where whenever you go to a crown jewel event Ricky's gonna show out kind of like Kyle Busch does at a, on a much smaller scale but uh, I think he's going to have a really sh- uh, good race as well.
0: Well, there you have it. You got Kyle Larson and Martin Truex Jr., Bubba Wallace and Kyle Busch, then Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Ty Gibbs. So, Cole, as we look at our... Let's look at our Daily Fantasy lineup here because I feel like that's rele- relevant to a lot of the drivers that we just spoke of. And um, it's another one of the weeks where every single driver that is in our six-player our six DFS lineup are six of the 12 drivers that we just spoke of in our tiers categories here. So our most expensive driver... No surprise is Kyle Larson. I think we're both in agreement, and I think everyone should be in agreement that the $11,000 you're spending on him is worth the price of admission. I think he's going to start up front, lead the most laps, and it would again, it would be a surprise if he didn't win the race. So after that, you take a step down to Martin Truex Jr. at 9900 who I picked as my favorite out of the favorites category besides Kyle Larson. So he's our second most expensive driver. And then you've got Tyler Reddick at 8800 which is a very solid value. Bubba Wallace at 8300 That's four really good drivers. And the reason we were able to afford that is because I kind of showed our cards early in the fact that we stacked Corey LaJoy at $5,500 and then Justin Haley at $6,100. So this is a lineup call that I feel really good about. I think that you look at the guys at the back of that and Justin Haley and Corey LaJoy that if they can put together solid runs... I feel really good about that top four to where this could be a, a, a really good winning lineup in Daily Fantasy this week.
1: Yeah, I think top to bottom, it looks like a really complete lineup. Uh, we have our ace in the hole in Kyle Larson, who, like you said, we think both are is going to lead an abundance of laps, stay up front, win the race, all that good stuff. So, yeah, the $11,000 worth its weight in gold. I think that uh, you look at Tyler Reddick, Martin Shrix Jr., and Bubba Wallace, those are all definitely top five worthy cars. And then, yeah, I think you look at Justin Haley, who's had glimpses of speed all season. Corey LeJoy, who's been a top 20 car for virtually the entire season. I think those are two guys that can know how to nurse the car, especially in in LaJoy's favor. And I think that they're both going to be due for a, a pretty solid outing in the uh, the Coke 600. So, overall, top to the bottom, really, really complete lineup.
0: Well, these DFS lineups are always kind of meticulously crafted, and I, I think that you know there's always going to be some kind of a long shot depending on which kind of contest you enter you know, in spite of how good a DFS lineup looks. But there's always going to be the bets that you can throw a bigger bet, you know, a bigger bet on, or big money bets, we like to call these. These are prop bets that don't have quite as long odds. But we feel pretty strongly about them, and so we can vouch for them maybe a little bit more in terms of some of the prop bets that, that we're going to see uh, that that could pay off this week. And so I'm looking at the top five odds this week, Cole, and I'm looking at, again, the veterans. I think you're going to look at guys that we haven't even spoke of in, in this race um, that that are going to finish in the top five. Like I, I think of uh, Kevin Harvick right off the bat. He's the closer. You know, he he's known for that his entire career. You talk about a six hundred mile race. Kevin Harvick has has been a guy that that knows how to finish these kinds of crown jewel events. And he's plus two forty to finish in the top five. Again, a guy we haven't mentioned yet, but I'm, kept, I'm definitely keeping Kevin Harvick at plus two forty in the top five in the back of my mind. And in that same kind of price range, how about Bubba Wallace at plus two sixty? I think that's certainly. Something I'm keeping an eye on. Again, he's run well at the mile-and-a-half track, so I don't know if it's a lot, but it's certainly something that's on my radar. But then I'm looking at a couple of the the guys that we we have been very vocal about. In Kyle Busch, he's plus 170 to finish in the top five. Those are really good odds, considering how high I am on him this week. And his former teammate, Martin Truex Jr., he's plus 140 to finish in the top five. Those are really good odds. And these, by the way, are all per BetMGM. So I'm a big fan of... Pick, pick your, your choice of any veteran of the sport that's come close to winning a crown jewel event before. And I think that I have a lot of confidence in those guys like Martin Truex Jr. at plus 140 and Kyle Bush at plus 170 as big money bets. That if they, they can certainly finish in the top five this week, and I feel pretty confident in saying that.
1: Yeah, I like a lot of the ones you just mentioned, uh, namely the Kyle Bush top five at plus 170. I think that um, Martin Truex Jr. at plus 140 is also a really good one to bet on. For me, uh, I think this one's obviously a little bit more difficult to forecast, but you could tell how high I am on Kyle Larson. I think him to finish top three at plus 125 is a great call. I think Tyler Reddick at plus 240 is a really good bet. I also even think that Bubba Wallace at plus 260 to finish top five is worth looking at. Um, I think Reddick might be a little bit more safe once again, but Bubba Wallace, just the way it has been performing, has really impressed me, and uh, I think... Honestly, all, all the drivers we just mentioned, I wouldn't be surprised if they all finished top five. Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace. So those are my five drivers I'm really looking at honing in for this weekend for prop bets, DFS, you name it. I think those are the five drivers in my mind that stick out as uh, the, the safest and the most profitable vets, in my opinion.
0: I'd like to throw one more out there, too, because I, I just think that like we're getting obviously very taken back by what we're seeing lately from Kyle Larson, but let's not forget how good William Byron has been at these mile and a half tracks this year and plus 200 to finish in the top three for William Byron. It would really take a lot for me to see that not happening on Sunday. I just think that he loves Charlotte overall. It's a track that he excels at and he's just looked so good at the mile and a half tracks this year. Um, All this talk about Kyle Larson, I can look at William Byron in the same vein at plus 200 to finish in the top three. That could very easily be a big money bet in my book as well. Well, closing it out, Cole, with our race winner picks. And uh, again, we mentioned this during our bonus episode. We can kind of mention it again, how uh, you and I, I picked uh, Kyle Larson to win at Darlington. And you picked Ross Chastain to win at Darlington. And it was kind of cool to see them literally fight to the death and just wreck each other down to the last lap. And, And obviously, neither of them won. They both finished outside Or Kyle Larson just inside the top 20 and Ross Chastain barely inside the top 20. But needless to say, we were on the right page there. Um, I was running a streak of of three straight drivers uh, that I had picked to win finishing in the top four. And if not for that, it would have been four straight weeks the driver I picked to win finished in the top four. So um, you actually picked first that week and you picked Ross Chastain because you had already picked Kyle Larson two weeks in a row. And so now it's my turn to pick Kyle Larson two weeks in a row. I'm not going to pick him a third week in a row probably, but how could you not pick him uh, coming out of this week? You know, there's a couple drivers I mentioned cold. I'm feeling really good about Um, my gut is telling me Martin Truex Jr. I love William Byron this week, but I think with all the hype surrounding Kyle Larson right now and how long of a favorite he is, I just, with him sitting out there, I can't, I can't leave him there for you. And I think Kyle Larson is going to win, but you know i i really i feel good about those the martin truex juniors and the kyle bushes of the world too so that leaves a, a lot of options for you and, and there's no real low-hanging fruit in terms of the the uh, race winner that you're going to pick but, but what do you got this week
1: yeah i I think truex would be my next pick i i just think this is a place that he always excels at i mean he almost led every single lap in that one 600 he's won three races here um, he's been great in the mile and a half this year, been one of the more consistent Toyota drivers as a whole this season. So I, I think tricks would be my next pick, but obviously Kyle Larson's my actual pick for the win. So take that with a grain of salt, the true X one, but I do think I could see him winning. Um, and for my sleeper, we're looking at Brad Kozlowski and down it's 15th and lower on the odds list for bet MGM. And I gotta go with Ty Gibbs. I just have a really good feeling about him this weekend and the Toyota's as a whole, I think this will be an easy top 10 day. Uh, Once again, he had a top five car at Kansas, our last mile and a half race before getting taken out. And uh, I think also having the extra seat time in the Xfinity race the day before is going to pay off in a big way. So I like Ty Gibbs as my sleeper.
0: Well, you know, Cole, we're talking champs. We're talking veterans. And how about a name we haven't mentioned the entire episode outside of his fantastic paint scheme this week. Jimmy Johnson is my sleeper for the win. I mean, it's just Watch what he did at Daytona, a crown jewel event, running top five with, what was it, 10, 15 laps to go. You know, putting himself in position for the win. I, I think it's going to be asking a lot for Jimmy to win this race. But, you know, it, it's he just goes hand in hand with, with this Memorial Day race weekend, whether it's the paint schemes, whether it's the success he's had. He always turns it up during these summer months. Uh, and Jimmy Johnson back at the track this week. I think it's going to be exciting because we saw him at at Coda. Obviously, it cleaned out on literally the first lap, and that was a huge letdown. But um, this is the first track we're going to this year that Jimmy's racing at that has historically been really good to him. I mean, it's the house that Jimmy built, formerly Lowe's Motor Speedway. And just thinking back on all the memories that that Jimmy has made at this track for myself, for all the 48 faithful, and for himself, obviously, and the family as a whole— it's hard for me to not picture Jimmy Johnson not having a good run this week. I'm picturing at least a top 15 week, but again, this is the greatest driver of all time we're talking about. This is Jimmy Johnson, and this is the Coke 600. This is a race that he has had success in before. You want to talk about champions and veterans of this sport, you know, guys that know how to win under the most difficult of circumstances, and look no further than the 84 of Jimmy Johnson this week, the Club Wyndham Chevrolet. I could, I could see it. I can envision it happening. Jimmy Johnson's
1: my sleeper for the win. Beautiful, like it a lot. I mean, hey, this is his race, his track, and I think he's going to be extra motivated after, like you said, being cleaned out before the first lap even finished at Coda. So, uh, I mean, you picking the goat—you can never go wrong with the goat. And uh, yeah, I cannot wait to see him run this race. It takes a, a like you said, a true veteran, a true champion uh, to win this race to make it to the end. It's four hundred laps, six hundred miles. And there's no one more equipped to do that than Jimmy Johnson, the seven-time champion.
0: Be a big, uh, you know, tall task, obviously, with this being just the third race run this year. But if anyone can do it, it 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 is Jimmy. So we'll see. It is the Coca-Cola 600. It's going to take place at the infamous Charlotte Motor Speedway, NASCAR's longest event, coming off the longest Coke 600 ever last year. So uh, tough shoes to follow. But I I think that with what we've seen this year, it wouldn't be surprised to to see it happen. So it's going to be a 6 o'clock green flag on Sunday Memorial Day weekend. Uh, literally, it might be my favorite race of the year, so I'm so excited for it. Practice will be important. That starts at 7 o'clock on Saturday, followed by qualifying at seven forty-five on Saturday. So uh, lots of stuff to follow over the weekend. Uh, 6 o'clock throws the green flag. We're going to drop the drag here on the Money Stop. Cola. any final words? I mean, this is just uh, such a fun race weekend, and, and I can't wait to, to, to just take it all in this week.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's my, my personal favorite weekend of the season. Longest race of the season. I love seeing the strategies play out. I love the pageantry behind it all. And, um, you know, showing out support for those who give the ultimate sacrifice to our beautiful country. And, um, I think it's going to be very very nostalgic seeing Jimmy Johnson back on track, um, in this crown jewel event. And this is one I always like to enjoy with like a nice, nice rare steak, a, uh, ice cold seasonal Mountain Dew. This year is going to be the summer freeze bomb pop flavor. So, uh. Crack open a cold dew, get a nice steak, and enjoy this one. It's going to be a good one. Those
0: vibes are immaculate, and, and I wish I could be doing that. And I, I, I hope that you all listening are doing that, and you're doing it with fatter pockets by the time it's all said and done. So we're going to drop the jack. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the Money Stop presented by Kicking the Tires, as well as our friends at Sharplink Gaming and BetMGM. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.